Hey, are you here? No, 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 no big deal. Just making sure everyone's here so that I can introduce this episode of The Paul Leslie Hour. And why would I do that? Well, we've got an interview from the archives with the rock band A-L-O. So how did that interview happen? Okay, it happened because Paul hopped on the ALO tour bus. Yeah, it's crazy. You should have seen it. You're probably wondering how Paul felt about that. Well, he has fond memories of that first meeting with Zach Gill and Dave Brogan and Steve Adams and Dan Leibowitz, all who make up that unique band ALO, a.k.a. Animal Liberation Orchestra. Mm-hmm. Now, you might be thinking this is all well and good, but how can I assist the Paul Leslie Hour in the mission of helping people tell their stories? Well, as the announcer, I recall not long ago mentioning that the number of people subscribing to the Paul Leslie YouTube channel has kind of gone into a slow down. But you know what happened next? We got people to start subscribing again. Yeah, and it's free. And quick, fast, easy to do. So you probably know how great it would be if you subscribed. But maybe you're asking if you could throw a coin or a buck to the cause. Well, that's okay, too. Just go visit www.thepaulleslie.com slash support. But now you're probably curious about when am I going to hear this backstage tape of that first ALO interview? Well, the answer is now. Yeah, it's now. Aloha to the guys from ALO, also known as the Animal Liberation Orchestra. We have Dan, Dave, Zach, and Steve. Welcome, guys. Thanks, man. Welcome. So the first thing that popped into my mind when I started listening to your guys' music is, and I'm sure you get tired of answering this question, how did you come up with the name Animal Liberation Orchestra? Well, you know, uh, it, it began when we were in college, and we were all very much a product of, like, the university music department. So it was kind of a bit of a parody. I mean, it resonated with us in the idea that it was kind of a parody on some of the other orchestras that were on the campus. But it was also suggested to us by some, a friend. You know, we sort of kind of mold, we were looking for a new name. We molded around it, but then we thought it would be cool too because it was kind of like at the time we had a big horn section, so it was a little more orchestral just in its look. And we thought it would be, um, you know, seem like a good good name for like a real rowdy funk band. It was the Animal Liberation Orchestra and the Free Range Horns was the original. You know. So when someone asks you guys, how do you describe your music? What do you normally say? I don't want to think that. Fun music. Fun music? Fun music. I guess one thing you could say. Mental. I usually say funky and folky <laughs> and jammy <laughs> and poppy a little bit. I think we, we, you know, we listen to all kinds of music and we bring all that stuff into what we write and create and there's some improvisation improvisational elements to the, the show and stuff too. Like to stretch songs out. Dancing. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. My favorite, one of my favorite songs on the disc I was listening to is Barbecue. 
And one of the lines really struck me, and that's where we roast all the dreams that never came true. So tell me a little bit about barbecue. What about the barbecue where we roast all the dreams that never came true? Yeah, sure. This is Zach speaking. Uh, well, you know, just kind of a metaphor for uh, something that we might do with our dreams, you know, cooking them or overcooking them, whichever way you want to look at it, you know, kind of came out of a, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of about uh, a positive way of maybe like letting go of some dreams so that new ones can can creep back in. Because like in the song, it says, you know, we, we kind of have an endless capacity to make up new dreams, but like there's not really enough time in life to make all of them come true. So, you know, you kind of have to decide which ones you're going to put on the barbecue. One of the songs you guys are out on the tour, out on tour with uh, Jack Johnson. And one of the songs is called Girl, I Want to Lay You Down. And it features Jack Johnson on rhythm guitar and some vocals. So how did you guys get hooked up with Jack Johnson? We all, well, we met, we all lived in the dorms together. We went to school at UCSB in Santa Barbara. And yeah, we met him in the dorms. He had a band and we had a band and we would do shows together, you know, sometimes different parties across the street from each other and whatnot. We all just stayed in touch over the years and, you know, played music for each other all the time. And Zach actually is playing keyboards in Jack's band now, too. So It's true. <laughs> sometimes we'd have, we'd have Jack, or sometimes he would offer to come down and, like, sit in with the band, too. So we'd do, like, park, a park show or whatever in Santa Barbara, and he come, would come down and just sit in. We'd play one of his songs. And so there's always been sort of a camaraderie. We had kind of like a little musical scene, you know, there was like his band and our band, and there was a lot of playing shows together. Then there was a lot of, after his band broke up, there was a lot of just backing him up and showing each other songs and that kind of thing. Just lots of fun. You know, lots of like late night jams with Jack on the drums. And that's a song also that I think Jack, he kind of early on, like, heard it and liked it and stuff and whenever we would have him sit in on one of our tunes that's one that he liked to do so it kind of made sense when we were doing our album to see if he was interested to, to join us on it so i understand you guys ran into uh our old pal jimmy buffett oh, it's true what was that like quite exciting i was first i thought it was jack's dad because i came up from behind but then i realized it was jimmy buffett quickly <laughs> It was really great. I mean, yeah, it was cool. It was neat. He was a nice guy. It was cool to see, like, I thought, like, how, how Jack's audience just immediately, like, like they were so excited. I mean, obviously, just the fact that it's Jimmy Buffett, but I think even musically, there's sort of a, uh, yeah, it's a kinship. And, and it was really cool to see how he just fit right in, you know, this whole night of music. And then all of a sudden, you know, sometimes someone comes and sits in, and it's like it takes it outside for a second or something different. But it just felt like part of the show. Natural. I noticed that there was a ukulele, uh, and uh, I'm trying to pick up the uke myself. Oh. I'm a huge ukulele fan. Have you guys heard of Jake Shimabukuro? Yeah. Rough. He rips. <laughs> to say the least. So tell me about the, the song Spectrum, and it's kind of got like a little island sound to it with the ukulele and the congas. It's a really cool song. Yeah, you know, it's just kind of... Uh, uh, you know, we've been to Hawaii a bunch of times, and we, I think Dave's got an ukulele, and I've got an ukulele, and it's definitely a sound that we, we use a lot in the band, especially recently. I think Spectrum was maybe one of the first experiments with it. There's a lot of new songs that kind of use it as well. 
you didn't start out with that feel either, right? I remember you played me a version you worked on with my brother. Yeah, there's a, there's a different version of that yeah. song floating around. Yeah, it's kind of you have songs sometimes, and then they start one way, start bringing other instruments, and it takes on a whole new feel. So, Dave, how did you pick up the uke? Um, I just picked it up kind of through osmosis from Zach. I saw Zach got one. I wanted one, too. <laughs> it just seemed like a really easy kind of version of a little guitar to carry around, you know, because for writing, you know, because I do a lot of writing on guitar and stuff. And usually when we're on tour, we're in a very confined vehicle, and we can't bring a lot of extra stuff along. It's just room for my drums, so. Thought the uke might be cool, kind of. But I mean, I never would have got one if we hadn't. We go to Hawaii pretty regularly, so uh, they're a little cheaper over there. And one was in the shop, and I just got it. It's a sweet little instrument. Yeah, it is. It's great. We joked about starting like a, a, a ukulele band, you know, like getting like the baritone and the tenor. Yeah, we haven't done it yet, though. Oh, will I hear any ukulele tonight? Um, I think so, actually. Yeah, right, right, right at the start. Right on. Yeah, we're into the, the ukulele. Oh, cool. <laughs> we just did a show with Jake Shimabukuro. Oh, really? I called it, uh, Here's Yukin at You. <laughs> and there's another song called Wasting Time, I La Vista song. And I really like that one, too. So tell us a little bit about that one. Right. Um, well, it was just kind of like, I just wanted to talk about like, kind of what my day-to-day life was like at the time that, you know, we were living in Isla Vista, it was kind of like post-college for me, and so um, I was kind of in this state, Isla Vista is the town that we all went to, it's the town adjacent to the UC Santa Barbara which is where we all went to school, all went to college. And Isla Vista is the town right next to it. It's pretty much all students. So like a big 18,000 students packed in this one square mile of like streets and apartment buildings. So it's got a real certain culture, you know. It's got a real student culture, but it's also got kind of like a beach bummy kind of culture as well. And by the time I'd like gotten out of college, I was pretty entrenched in the, the culture of IV because I was still living there. So I'd been there for like, by that point, like six years or something. And, but it was also kind of a, a time where I was like, you know, you're kind of like it's post college, but you haven't really like got your life in full swing yet. It was kind of like a, a meta period of like in betweenness, you know? And so that's kind of where like the, the chorus comes from. Like, I never learned, but I don't mind. I'm just wasting time. I think it even taught, I mean, even think the idea of learning kind of like with college and everything. And, and then just the, like my verse that I wrote on there was just kind of about my day to day kind of life in that town during that period. This is just like sitting around smoking pot and going over to people's houses and watching Grateful Dead videos or whatever, you know, might be happening in that day. You had something else to add? Um, well, Zach actually wrote the second verse to that. And I think his his verse is similar to Dave's, just like a day to day experience in Isla Vista. But I remember when that when you guys when that song was first kind of sprouting was uh just before we left for Georgia, and um the band went to Georgia for a summer, and it was right when we met Dave too, and uh, we we went out there as a band, kind of played the southeast a little bit, 
But uh, that song kind of sprouted up in the garage, and I was just uh, and we were just kind of jamming on a groove or whatever, and people were just kind of rapping and you know just kind of jamming it, and then I think it took on more yeah. more meaning yeah. for us. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, we were just rapping, rapping, <laughs> dropping knowledge. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, we, I think I think in Georgia it had more meaning for us too because like it, it really did. Became, well, yeah, it became like a home. Became like a like a song that we would sing about our home. It kind of got finished in Georgia. It got finished. Like, I remember writing my verse. Dave had a verse and a chorus. I remember my verse came about thinking about Isla Vista, something that had happened, and then like being being like on the. I remember like staying up all night on our porch, and we lived in Augusta for about three months before. We so lived. we're in Georgia now. Yeah, we're in Georgia. So this close to timely to talk about that spot. That's a cool thing too about that song. I think that. Um, it's really fun on the on the road, you know, as we travel throughout the country, you know, even the world. It's like it's a fun it's a fun little glimpse, you know, kind of like what Dave was saying about what our whole experience was. But it's always fun because you can kind of connect with other people who might have had a similar experience. You know, it's like telling people about your hometown or something. But yeah, it's song about our hometown. Yeah. It very much has that post college thing. I think even when we used to play it in Georgia, like you know, which is far away from Isla Vista's, can be. Seemed like people really liked it there too, you know, just like the kids that we were playing for at the time. This is a question I love to ask everyone, and uh, if you guys could, you know, I state your name, uh, just say your name, and then since this goes out all over the world, what would you like to say to the world? <laughs> what would you like to say? So let's hear what you. Uh, what would you like to say? Wow, that's heavy. Wow, that's heavy. I, I mean, a lot of things pop in my mind. But what's the one thing to say to the world, huh? The first guy's got it rough. When you guys, I, yeah, I'm trying to think, I got it rough. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, kind of working this rough. out. You gotta, you gotta get a lot of time. I don't think you have to. I mean, anybody have anything? You can get it out like yeah. the thinking part. Yeah, let me take um, I can, I can speak without thinking. Free <laughs> thinking, but say it. Speak, let's hear it. My, my, do you want me to do an I statement? Is that you're saying this is whoever. And- oh, okay, this is what's well, is Steve Adams from ALO, and um, I'd like to say well, to, to the world to encourage compassion and um, understanding and patience. And uh, there's so many things that are, you know, going on in the world today. Um, in our in our country and every other country you know in the world really, and uh, I just you know I hope we can all work it out together so we we all feel good about who we are in this time and place. And Zach, well well said, Steve. Um, one thing that I would say to the world, if I had a chance, no, this is my chance. Mm-hmm. This is it. Um, well, something about trying to have a good time, but obviously not having a good, you can't have a good time all the time, <laughs> but always trying to make every time good on some level, you know, even if that's a time of mourning, trying to, you know, I don't know. I'm just rambling. Oh, that's good. That's, and what, a, that's a tough question there. <laughs> it is a tough question. I've never answered it myself, but now it's time for Mr. David Brogan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what would I say? You, uh, time, to the world. you got yours? I got mine, yeah. Right. If you want more time, I'm just... Go for it. Yeah. David Brogan's going to take a break. 
Here we are. <laughs> Sometimes you need a break. Okay. So one thing that popped into my mind is I think it's it's really good to try to be open-minded just in general throughout life. I know um, in a little bit of world travels, you know, over the past couple of years, talking to a lot of people, you know, around the world, it's, it's easy to lump groups together. It's like these people do this, these people think this way. So kind of open-minded coming from that spot of like, I mean, you know, we all generalize about the way things are, but, you know, realizing that everyone's an individual, you know, and you need, if, you know, just in the way world relations are, like, could be upset at a certain place, it's not, you know, you can't be upset at everyone, you know, in a certain place. Maybe it's just a couple people actually know the voice of a certain place. So I think try to be open-minded and have a good time doing so. <laughs> always do your best. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. That's a good one. If you can, yeah. But always whatever your best is, but that always changes. The, that's a good one. I have another one. Okay. <laughs> Breathe. Sweet. That's good. And, as so what people, and, a, and another one. Breed. <laughs> don't breathe. No, don't breathe. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. Kurt Vonnegut's got some on his like his character in here on his tombstone. He wants to say, uh, "Here lies Kilgore Trout. Sometimes, sometime, I tried." <laughs> now, Mister David Brogan, you've had a sip of beer. <laughs> time. What's on your mind? I have time to time to uh, mull it over. Well, that reminds me of another, what Dak just said reminds me of the epitaph from Slaughterhouse Five. Oh, right. Because everything was beautiful and nothing hurt. But, um, I would say, uh, my message to the world is treat others as you'd like to be treated. The golden rule. And that mm-hmm. especially goes out to the Americans. And, um, and then also, Oh, I have something else I wanted to say. Uh, like a punctuation to that. <laughs> oh, yes. Use contraceptives. <laughs> that one goes out to the Catholic Church. Okay, guys. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, the entertainer. Written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano. The traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.